This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Can you hear Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice we're in for another week. This week I thought we'd have a little listen to Pam Gregory, the astrologer. She's going to be talking about what's happening in this month of September and what's going on. Hi everyone, Pam Gregory, astrologer. I'm going to be speaking to you today about the second half of September and the full moon that we have coming up in Pisces on the 20th. Now, there's no doubt that the energy is being amped up. We can all feel it. Everybody can feel the intensity. And it's being amped up in one sense in a very good way because um, we're aware we've got all this photonic energy pouring onto the earth. We are um, easily seeing the increases in strength and amplitude of the Schumann resonance. That's the earth's heartbeat, essentially. Again, you can track those to give you the evidence. And also, we're very aware of the sun becoming much more active and shooting off uh, many more coronal mass ejections as well. Again, a good source for that is spaceweather.com. So there's no doubt that cosmologically, physically, if you like, our world is changing and that is upgrading us constantly. That's upgrading every cell in our body. And I've mentioned again in previous videos that I'm I'm kind of checking that out with my dowsing as well, because um, other dowsers are saying the same, that this, this stretch in bandwidth for humanity is just getting wider and wider. And it's rapid, you know, this this acceleration of our upgrade is is remarkable how quickly it's happening people are going in in quantum jumps really in their frequency which is really exciting but equally and of course related to that there is um greater attempted control um being imposed on imposed on societies as well look at australia so we are absolutely in these next few months reaching our tipping point. Um, I think there's no doubt about that. It's going to be very intense in these next few months at the 3D level. But of course, you don't have to live at that 3D level. So the big aspects for this year, the dominant squares, as I've talked about before, are Eris square Pluto and Uranus square Saturn. Now, in each of their respective squares, Eris is stronger than Pluto, it's further out, it has a longer orbit. Uranus 
is stronger than Saturn. It's further out, has a longer orbit. So ultimately, Uranus and Eris that have very similar symbolism of awakening and revolution and breaking down to break through are going to win, but not without a challenge. This is what all of this year and to some extent next, but this year is the most intense, I think, are about. And by the way, talking of intensity, if any of you have any planets or aspects at 24, 25 degrees of the cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, you're going to be feeling intensity in some area of your life because that's where Eris and Pluto are operating, 20, 24, 25 of, of Capricorn. So, but just know that that is meant to be happening. That's a process that we're meant to be going through because what this is really about, both of those squares are really about social and political structures that are no longer serving our human evolution, our highest good. There are, there are systems that we have already outgrown. So again, just know that. Then on the 20th of the month, and this is happening at 4.54 p.m. Pacific and just past midnight, 0.54 a.m. UK time the next day, we have the full moon at 28 degrees, 14 minutes of Pisces. Now, full moons are always times. Um, it's the peak of the moon cycle. It's a time when often our feelings and emotions come to a head. In a, in a big way because it's related to the moon, but particularly when it's a water sign and particularly when it's Pisces. Pisces is probably the most sensitive of all of the water signs. So this is deeply sensitive, deeply emotional. And at a full moon, the sun and moon are always opposite each other. So we have the sun at 28 of Virgo, moon at 28 of Pisces. And this is really an astrology known as the health axis, health and healing. And Virgo can be allopathic or alternative health, but it's about health and healing. And, you know, it's very obvious in terms of what's happening in our world. Now, what's also interesting at this full moon is it is virtually at what is known as the anoretic degree. The anoretic degree of any sign is 29 degrees, 29 and that last degree of the sign. In this case, it's not only almost at that anoretic degree, but that, that 29 degrees of Pisces is the last degree of the zodiac. And I think that's very interesting, too, because going back, you go back over the last few videos I've, I've done, um, very often I was talking about endings and beginnings, you know, conjunctions that are straddling signs. There's been such a strong sense of endings and beginnings. And equally, we have that here because we're almost right at the end of the zodiac. So very clear sense of ending. And of course, with an ending, births a new beginning. Now, it is beautiful um, at this full moon in that we have the moon conjunct Neptune that rules Pisces. So this is very fine energy. It's very fine perception, creatively, spiritually. This is about your connection to source, your connection to the divine, your connection to oneness. It's that state of, it's to do with altered states where you just get this sense of losing time and space where you just kind of blend with your surroundings. People have this when they're, you know, creating, they're painting, they're writing poetry. Even sitting in nature, meditating, can be any of those things that produces this, this very high level connection. So this is beautiful at its highest level of expression. 
However, every planet can express at the lowest and, and highest. And the, one of the lowest levels of expression here, which I think we are seeing in the in the world in general um, with that Neptune in Pisces, is confusion and emotional overwhelm. It's all just too much. You know, we've reached the end of our tether in being able to deal with things emotionally. And particularly, as I say, you're looking at this this health axis, this Virgo-Pisces axis. So it can produce um, those feelings of it's just too much. But remember, um, with every aspect, we have the opportunity to play it um, to the highest or the lowest. What is also interesting about this opposition sun-moon that involves um, Neptune is Virgo is a sign ruled by Mercury, wants to be exact and precise and and write and kind of dot the I's and cross the T's and nail everything down, all the facts down. But then in the opposition to Neptune, it can run into this kind of fog of misinformation, disinformation, what's true, what's not, who to believe. So I think this aspect is really encouraging us in our mastery of not going to external sources of any kind for our information, but coming back to our intuition or reading alternative so, uh, external sources and then coming back to our intuition. So whether you do that through your dreams, through your meditation, through your dowsing, through your muscle testing, whatever your process is to check in with your higher self, make sure it is your higher self that is giving you the information or the confirmation rather than external sources, because this is all about developing our intuition, which is going to be coming so much stronger for all of us as we upgrade. So that's a very big um, aspect of this full moon. Now, another important aspect, this is full of tension, I have to say, also at this full moon. We have about four T-squares in this. So one of the T-squares is the sun and moon opposite each other, 28 of Virgo Pisces, are tightly squaring the galactic centre at 27 of Sagittarius. Now, of course, the galactic centre is always there, but when planets align with the galactic centre, then we have a kind of almost a, a fast track, if you like. It's very direct to access the energy with which we are creating our worlds. It also suggests this will be a very important full moon at this time. Galactic centre, this is going to be this is going to be very big. Jupiter rules Sagittarius, um, and it's at 23 degrees of Aquarius in a beautiful trine, exact trine to Mercury at 23 of Libra. So that is just lovely. It has a sense of expansion. It has a sense of being able to perceive and plan and think about bigger horizons, bigger future possibilities, um, just bigger visions, really, for humanity. Aquarius, particularly those connected to freedom and human rights. That's very connected to Aquarius as well. So that's beautiful. Also, there's another lovely trine here between Pluto in Capricorn and the Sun in Virgo. That's about stepping into our power, finding a sense of stepping into our power. Mercury is in one of the um, T-squares as well. We have the T-square with sun, moon, galactic centre. Mercury is in a T-square at this full moon with, um, because it's in Libra, it's opposing Eris in Aries and squaring um, 
Pluto in Capricorn. So it's, it's bringing up again, these faster moving planets keep kind of highlighting that Eris Pluto square, which is all about um, people taking to the streets, demanding to be heard. Eris is very much about equality. Libra is also about equality, but running up against this, these top-down rules, regulations, structures of government and big institutions. So that's another um, T-square here. Another, <laughs> yet again, another T-square involved at this um, full moon is between Venus at 11 of Scorpio, square to Saturn at 7 of Aquarius, and Venus is opposing Uranus at 14 of Taurus. Now, this is quite interesting, particularly if Venus, it, uh, sort of 11 of Scorpio, is moving through your fifth house or your 11th house of relationships in your birth chart. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can download a free birth chart from my website. Go to the link below. You can buy a two-part tutorial video series from my store. You can use that forever to determine the meaning for you of any update I ever do. So Venus comes into a square with Saturn um, on the 17th of the month, 17th of September. If you're in an unsatisfactory relationship, this can be a time where you, um, you feel that the relationship is maybe a little safe and secure, but also controlling, a little bit routine, a little bit deadening maybe. And then by the full moon and beyond that, Venus is then opposing Uranus, and Uranus is the urge for freedom and independence. So that may be the time, if you're in an unsatisfactory relationship, that you just want to say, I'm done. I want freedom. I want independence. I'm off. I'm doing my own thing. So it can create sudden breaks in a relationship. It can also create sudden beginnings out of the blue, unexpected, if you are looking for a relationship. So it can very much operate on that relationship um, area, but also Venus always has the generalized meanings, meaning of currencies. We could see currency fluctuations at this time, much bigger, I think, in October. October is going to be a huge month, I feel. We have another T-square. It's all to do with, with kind of tension, but also action. Wherever you have squares, oppositions, T-squares, they produce action in the world. Now, this other T-square is between the sun and moon again, Virgo Pisces, squaring a dwarf planet I haven't mentioned before called Ixion, I-X-I-O-N. And that is at 29 degrees of Sagittarius. Now, that is the anoretic degree of Sagittarius. So when I go on to describe the symbolism of Ixion, you'll see that there's a kind of unraveling quality to it, if you like, a challenging, a breakdown quality to it. So this is also, by the way, emphasized by the South Node being in Sagittarius. It's, it's our collective past, what we're moving away from. So Sagittarius represents things like the education system, the legal system, ethics in society, religion. So just Think to yourself with Ixion at 29 degrees at Sagittarius. Um, is education working well in the world? Is the legal system working well? Are ethics working perfectly in society? Just ask yourself those, those questions. Now, the information I'm sharing here about Axion, I very much have to credit the brilliant astrologer researcher, Alan Clay, who runs the Dwarf Planet University. He has done this research, so I'm simply quoting it. But Ixion orbits in, well, first of all, they give you a good idea. Um, he is known as the lawless brother 
of Pluto, the lawless brother of Pluto. Ixion orbits um, in the Kuiper belt, um, largely beyond the orbit of Pluto, but sometimes coming in between Neptune and Pluto, slightly longer orbit than Pluto, 251 years. And in the myth, and I'm going to really abbreviate this myth because it's not pretty, um, Ixion murdered his father-in-law and he was kind of outcast. But Zeus, king of the gods, took pity on him and gave him a second chance. But Ixion rather blotted his copybook by trying to rape Zeus's wife. So at that point, he was kind of excommunicated and spun off into eternity. Now, um, when I talk about myths, sometimes people say, oh, it's so kind of vague and abstract. And what does it mean for me? Well, when I started to talk about the Eris myth a couple of years ago, people say, oh, it's vague and abstract. And what does it mean for me? Well, I think we can see, if you think of Eris as the street fighter, just how powerfully Eris has worked in the world in the last 20 months with the protests, the demonstrations all over the world. It's been very clear, very tangible and very Mm, dramatic, I think, because Eris is about the shift of the age. It's a paradigm shift, which is what we're into at the moment. So that's why I'm talking about Ixion. So at the lower level of expression, Ixion is linked to total criminality, actually, and amorality, where Ixion had no respect for any social mores or rules or even human life. And just, just ask yourself, is Ixion operating in society in any way right now? At the higher level, and again, I'm quoting from the work of Alan Clay, at the higher level of expression, Ixion is beautiful. It's about having your spiritual mission, living life on your own terms, defining your own rules and following your bliss. So is there a sector of society, do you think, that is expressing that higher level of Ixion? I think there is in droves, and the momentum of that is building by the day. And, and that, to me, is very much about people breaking away to new earth, defining their own social rules, living on their own terms, finding their bliss. It's another beautiful symbol at the highest expression of Ixion for new earth. So Uranus in its strong aspect to Saturn, Eris in its strong aspect to Pluto, and now Ixion in this powerful T-square, um, all about the breakdown, creating chaos and trouble. Remember, Eris is the patron saint of chaotic creation as well. It's all the same theme, the breaking down to breakthrough. So know it's going to be a demolition site. Know the demolition is going to get louder, and it is meant to, to get us through to a different place. This tipping point of the next few months will, will kind of get us to a very different place. I think even six months down the road, we're going to be in a different place. And you don't have to live at the 3D level. And I'm going to come on to that in more detail anyway. So coming back to Alan Clay's research as well, he also said something very interesting that Ixion moved from, transited from Sagittarius into Capricorn in March, April 2020. That was the beginning of the pandemic. Capricorn is linked to big business and um, stock markets and that kind of thing. There was a big drop in the stock market at that time. Ixion has now reversed, retrograded back into Sagittarius, but it comes, it moves back into Capricorn at the end of October. 
And I think that's going to be very interesting to watch for stock markets and financial volatility in general. Now, Ixion will be crossing zero of Capricorn. Remember that zero of the cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, they are all known as the world axis. So when planets trigger, important far out planets particularly, trigger the world axis, we see events kind of big time on the world stage. It becomes very public. So that's going to be an interesting um, dwarf planet that I'm going to be trying to follow as time goes on. Then we have the Libra equinox, and this is when the sun moves into Libra. This happens on the 22nd of September. It happens at 12.20 p.m. Pacific and 8.20 p.m. UK time. So when we have equinoxes and solstices, this is like striking a tuning fork for the next three months until the next equinox or solstice. It's like a backdrop energy, if you like. And the ancient peoples knew that at these times of equinox and solstice, that they were very powerful, that the veil to the higher energies um, was much thinner. It's almost like there were times of portals where they could access that higher information more readily. And that's why it's such a great time the day before the day of um, to meditate, to get into group meditations. It makes the energy even more, even more powerful. So, and that we are going to have another surge of energy around about this Libra equinox, you know, and just feel it coming down the track. In the surges of energy keep on coming because the Earth is passing through the photon belt, um, which it only does roughly every 12,000 years. But nevertheless, the solstices and equinoxes are very powerful for this, these big, big waves of energy. We Also, if we're looking down the timeline, I think we're going to have another huge one on the winter solstice as well. So that's why they're so important to kind of maximize the opportunity we're given at this time. So at this Libra equinox, we have another T-square. It is full of intensity. We have a very dominant T-square between the moon at 21 of Aries. Remember, the moon in mundane astrology is the people. The moon at 21 of Aries coming on to Eris at 24 of Aries. Um, opposing Mercury at 24 of Libra, and they are squaring Pluto at about 24 of Capricorn. So the moon with Eris in Aries, boy, that is strong. That's a strong, assertive, public pushback, outcry, um, very much about fairness and equality, Mercury in Libra, justice. Um, something else that's important, I just want to backtrack something I forgot to say about the full moon, the sun is in an out-of-sign conjunction to, to Mars at the full moon, three degrees of Libra. Mars is at, sun is at 28 of Virgo. When we have that, Mars wants to act, it wants to fight. Mars rules Aries, it wants to do something. In Libra, it wants to fight for others. It wants to fight for justice. So it could be very interesting to see because that energy is kind of picked up again here at the Libra equinox, just a couple of days later, where we've got strong Aries energy, strong master, strong Aries, it's the same thing, about the people, the people demanding to be heard, every single person demanding to be heard, nobody being peripheral, nobody being marginalised, no subdivisions of society, whether it's race or religion or national, whatever it is, because Eris is very much against elitism, 
and wants this feeling of inclusivity, everybody needing to be heard. And Mercury in Libra is also saying equality, equality and justice. So a very strong picture setting up the next three months and that the astrology for the next three months is, you probably don't want to hear, hear this, but exceptionally strong. But we don't have to live at that 3D level. Because if you're in watching the nightly news, which you know, I stopped watching mainstream media almost two years ago, and it's made a massive difference in my life, I have to say. But if you're watching that, you will absolutely, yes, you can absolutely say, yes, that is a reality for sure. It's dense, it's contracted, lots of scary stuff. That is a reality. But it doesn't have to be your reality. And that's really important to understand how, what, a, what a multitude of timelines, what an infinity of timelines we have available to us. And everybody is really on their own individual timeline now. You know, the big collective kind of bands of frequency, but within that, everybody's on their individual timeline. So if I, I think just to say, because, you know, it's so easy to say, well, it's spiritual bypassing. If you don't look at that, you've, you've got to know what's happening in society. You've got to know what's happening in the world. And indeed, this is part of our mastery to have the strength to say, despite knowing that, I can still keep my frequency high. So when kind of negative stuff comes in at me that people send me and I can feel my frequency dropping, I will simply um, say, not my reality or not my timeline or see a big delete button or a big red cross or something like that. Say, mm, not mine. It's existing, but it's not mine. I'm going to put my attention, my energy and my focus over here. And that's what I'm going to create from. So I'd really say make bliss your obsession, make peace your obsession as many times in the days you can. And I know it's super scary stuff out there, but that's why it's so important to move to a different place emotionally. So try to drop into bliss, use that moon Neptune at the full moon, try and drop into peace as often as you can, and also make high frequency your obsession. Because the more you do that, the more you will be creating from a very high place, not a very low place. You know, we're creating from the inside out. We know this. And last time around, um, I just at the end of the video, I happened to mention plasma. And since then, I've had a lot of people writing to me saying, tell me more, tell me more. Well, I don't know anymore. But yes, I'm just very interested in it. Um, and so you've really got to do an internet search. But just this morning, actually, I was involved in a, I was attending an online conference and I heard Pelly, Penny Kelly, P-E-N-N-Y-K-E-L-L-Y, Penny Kelly, who is a wonderful, um, wise, brilliant woman, talking about plasma. And I won't be quoting her exactly, but essentially what she was saying is that plasma is produced from the electromagnetic fields of energy in, in the universe. And um, they start to form filaments, if you like, almost filaments of light and fractals um, and, and particles. This is the whole quantum physics shift from um, wave to particle in a little more detail. Because these filaments are starting to form a, a grid or an electromagnetic lattice, if you like, particles start to attach to that grid. It's like our, our skeletal 
it's like an architect's plan, if you like. It's our skeletal next step into matter, into reality. And that I got really excited about because I think the more we know that the more coherent we are in our energy, the more coherent um, plasma, um, the patterns in plasma, the fractals, the forms that it's creating, the more coherent they are to produce what's coming down the road to, to produce our future, our experiences, our reality, what we're going to meet day to day. When we are low frequency, the energy is very incoherent around a scattered so, but because, as I said last time, we have this idea that we are creating from that something intangible as yet, not fully formed, not fully matter, but wafty, still wave, still ether in one sense, electromagnetically charged ether, if you like. But it's this, this um, substance, which some people can see, some sensitive people can actually see plasma. Um, it's whitish forms that, people um, have around them, then I think you start to get a much greater sense of empowerment because, yeah, I can affect that. Yeah, that's way easier than affecting a brick or a table. So it's just a little bit more information. I hope that's um, given you some help. Penny Kelly has written heaven knows how many books, so there may be a lot more information in her books about plasma. She's a great lady, and I really recommend her to you. So, um, it's a lot in this second half of September, but also, as I say, October is a huge month too. So I hope that's helped you. If you'd like more information about my books, my teaching videos, just check out my website, pamgregory.com. And thanks so much for listening and bye for now.
peaceful feeling in my soul When will I understand God loves me the way I am When will I? That one from Dan Tyler. Over the years, we've um, played stuff from Greta Thunberg, the uh, the political activist, the the Earth Climate Change Girl. Um, now this is um, she. She just grilled politicians during a U.S. U.S. congressional hearing held on Earth Day with a warning that they couldn't get away with it in action on climate change forever. The 18-year-old activist appeared before the House Oversight Subcommittee while it held a hearing on fossil fuel subsidies. This came on the same day as President Joe Biden and other world leaders came together for a climate change summit where several countries committed to ambitious emission reduction targets. We'll hear what she had to say afterwards. But after the hearing, um, the committee moved to questions and answers. And Katie Porter, a Democratic congresswoman, asked Ms Thunberg for advice on how she would talk to a daughter about climate change. I told my nine-year-old daughter I was going to be speaking with you, and I said, what do you think about climate change? And she said, the earth is on fire, and we're all going to die soon. And I asked her how that made her feel, and she said it made her feel angry, Ms Porter said. What should I tell my daughter... And how should I help her and the youngest generation bear the emotional toll of the actions we are taking? That's a big question, said Miss Thunberg. I know there are many young people who feel angry and sad because of all the things some people are doing to this planet and to their futures. That's very understandable. It would be strange if we didn't feel that way because then we wouldn't have any empathy. But of course... There's still much hope. And if we choose to take action, then we can do this. There are unlimited things we can do, and if we choose to work together, there are limit, no limits to what we can accomplish. Thunberger advised, Always the best medication against anger and anxiety is to take action yourself. So that's what I would tell her. To take action herself because that will make her feel so much better. That's what I did, to, to me at least, and so many others. Ahead of her appearance on the hearing, Ms Thurnberg posted a video on social media captioning as an emergency alert for the general public, where, they accused world, where, she, where she accused world leaders of setting very insufficient targets. 
We cannot be satisfied with something just because it's better than nothing, she said. While the hearing was occurring, Mr Biden hosted a summit to address climate changes with other leaders. Several presidents, prime ministers and monarchs boasted about their own country's efforts in negating the effect of climate change while occasionally committing to new targets. The US has committed to halve its emissions by 2030. So this is what Greta had to say to the Congress. I don't represent any financial or political interests. I'm not a lobbyist, so I can't negotiate, make deals or compromise. I have nothing to offer you, nor am I a scientist. All I can do is to urge you to listen to and act on the science and to use your common sense. And I'm not even going to explain why we need to make real drastic changes and dramatically lower our emissions in line with the overall current best available science. It is the year 2021. The fact that we are still having this discussion and even more that we are still subsidizing fossil fuels directly or indirectly using taxpayer money is a disgrace. It is a clear proof that we have not understood the climate emergency at all. If you compare the current so-called climate policies to the overall current best available science, you clearly see that there's a huge gap. The gap between what we are doing and what actually needs to be done in order to stay below the 1.5 degrees Celsius target is widening by the second. And the simple fact, an uncomfortable fact, is that if we are to live up to our promises and commitments in the Paris Agreement, we have to end fossil fuel subsidies, stop new exploration and extraction, completely divest from fossil fuels, and keep the carbon in the ground. Now, especially the US, taking into account the fact that it is the, the biggest emitter in history. And just to be clear, that is not my opinion. It is what the science clearly shows. And yet, this is just the very minimum amount of effort that is needed to start the rapid sustainable transition. And it may seem like we are asking for a lot. And you will, of course, say that we are naive. And that's fine. But at least we are not so naive that we believe things will be solved through countries and companies making vague, distant, insufficient targets without any real pressure from the media and the general public. So either you do this, or you're going to have to start explaining to your children and the most affected people why you are surrendering on the 1.5 degree target. Given up without even trying. Well, what I'm here to say is that unlike you, my generation will not give up without a fight. And to be honest, I don't believe for a second that you will actually do this. The climate crisis doesn't exist in the public debate today. And since it doesn't really exist, and the general level of awareness is so absurdly low, you will still get away with continuing to contribute to the destruction of present and future living conditions. And I know I'm not the one who's supposed to ask questions here, but there is something I really do wonder. 
how long do you honestly believe that people in power like you will get away with it? How long do you think you can continue to ignore the climate crisis, the global aspect of equity and historic emissions, without being held accountable? You get away with it now, but sooner or later people are going to realize what you have been doing all this time. That's inevitable. You still have time to do the right thing and to save your legacies. But that window of time is not going to last for long. What happens then? We the young people are the ones who are going to write about you in the history books. We are the ones who get to decide how you will be remembered. So my advice for you is to choose wisely. Thank you. A new day has begun A new day has begun The rising of the sun It shines on everyone And no one can deny it's come A new day has begun the time for peace has come It seeds in everyone It grows in you and me Whatever we believe And no one can deny it's real The time for peace has come for the Christian Sikh and Jew For the Muslim and Hindu For those who yearn to grow And for those who just don't know No one can deny its power The time for peace is now so what are we to do? Comes down to me and you Let forgiveness replace fear And let bygones disappear So no one can deny it's here And peace will surely come Yes, peace will surely come A new day has begun A new day has begun That's Robin Kelly and a new day has begun now, regular listeners will remember that over the years we've um, received messages from beyond this plane from the Arcturians and all sorts of other entities. All the stuff that Patricia Carter Robles brings in, of course, is, is from beyond this plane. Everybody's bringing in stuff. There's a guy called Daniel Scranton. Now, 
next week we'll, we'll, we'll have a listen to how he got to be a channeler but at the moment this just came through and this is from the Arcturian Council Greetings, we are the Arcturian Council we are pleased to connect with all of you we're very excited about your upcoming equinox there on planet Earth because of the energies that we know you will be receiving and indeed have already begun to receive in this moment. You are receiving the beginning of an abundance of energies that will become stronger at the exact point of the equinox and they will continue to come in even after the equinox because that's how big they are. You could not handle them all at once. They would have an adverse effect on you instead of the desired effect. You are receiving energies right now that are transformative in nature. They are meant to give you a vibrational upgrade. And if you open to them, they will. Those who do not open to them will receive the same side effects and will understand why they are experiencing those ascension symptoms. That is why you, we give you the transmission in advance of the exact moment of your equinox there in September. You can prepare. You can also anticipate the changes that will come as a result of these transformational energies coming into your fields, your chakras, your bodies, your cells, and every aspect of you. You can relax and rest more. You can make sure you're grounded, present, and hydrated. You can even take moments out of your busy day to focus on opening up like a flower to them. This is what you are there to do. You are there to transform. And those of us in the higher realms are here to help. We will help and we will continue to help. But we also know that our help is better received when you are expecting it and when you are aware of what the current energies are all about. These energies are all about ascension. They are all about your growth, your expansion, your evolution of consciousness because all of those things are tied into your vibration and you live in a world where there are many things happening all day, every day that can bring your vibration down so there has to be a counter to that there has to be something that balances what you need what you see on the news and even on social media that is depressing that takes your breath away and not in a good way when you focus on the fact that you are getting help and that the help is coming from, abili from your ability to receive then you can do something to put yourselves in that receptive state. Many people realise that equinoxes and solstices are special events on your world but some are still awakening to that truth and so we do like to let you know about the energies that are coming that are already upon you and that many of you are opening up to it right now as you receive this transmission. Once you receive the energies and you feel your vibration getting the upgraded it needs, that you need, then you can seek to help others. In fact, you will be helping others just by being there and being the conduits of those energies that you are. By receiving them, you anchor them into the physical and you cannot help but spread them around. If you feel yourself in a state of tension or anxiety, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths and tell yourself that you can open to these transformative energies of the equinox. Remember that you are capable of doing so, 
regardless of the situation you are there on earth at this time. And do remember that once you get the vibrational upgrade, then you can spread your higher vibration around, which is transformative for others. And so, the others who cannot or will not open up to receive the equinox energies will still benefit from them, because you all will have transformed and you will be speaking, thinking and acting accordingly. You are there to lead the way, to show others how it's done, to be the pioneers, the ones who go beyond where humanity is right now. You realise that it's possible to move forward from where you are, and you have the tools and knowledge to do so. And now you know what Equinox Energies are all about, and you can sit comfortably and quietly and just focus on receiving them, you can and you will because you have received this prompting and because your higher selves want you to. You are very, very ready for this upgrade and so is every part of you. You don't earn these upgrades, but rather they are a natural consequence of you being there on earth during a period of transformation. You can make the transformation easier on yourselves and now you know how. You are there to become your higher selves, your fifth dimensional selves, and you are there to experience it in the flesh, in a physical body, and we are here to help. We are the Alturian Council, and we have enjoyed connecting with you.
blast from the past there. So, um, age of Aquarius, it's what we're in at the moment. Now, Lee Harris is another um, intuitive channeler, and um, this is his message for September. Hi, I'm Lee. I'm an intuitive and a channeler, and every month I take the pulse on what is showing up for us now, collectively and energetically, and what might be showing up in the weeks and months to come. But for today, let's take a look at some of the themes that are showing up, because there's a lot going on on the planet all at once at a higher speed than ever before. We've been talking about this for years and the fact that this was happening, but the visceral and overwhelming nature of it, especially if you are sensitive, energetically tuned or tapped in, uh, or someone who feels like you are more awake than you used to be, can be a lot to deal with, especially as we are at this time and really the beginning time of a planetary awakening, which is not necessarily happen happening in a grace-filled way sometimes, but a lot of the times it's happening through devastation or grief or shock. So we'll take a look at some of the themes for the month, but think of these as things that you might want to carry through the end of the year. And I'm sure because we're all on slightly different timelines, as usual, some of the things I say you may have already been tapping into and going through. So let's get started. Theme number one is a high energy acceleration incoming. So this means higher energies are coming in faster than ever before. I did talk about this a few months ago, and some of you will already be experiencing that in your life. High energy can look like many different things, but it really belongs and pertains to fast healing. So going through very big shifts, things that perhaps previously would have taken you years, months, weeks, can now be happening in a very intense and quick way in a day. And when I say intense, I think we're very conditioned to think that that means there's a certain level of suffering or pain involved. And actually the opposite is true when you look at this high energy acceleration. Many of you will be marveling at how quickly you can change old beliefs, notice that you're no longer running emotional patterns in your life that you used to, but it is very fast and there is a greater purpose to it. It's not just about healing in the moment, it's actually about who we are becoming for the future and stepping into more of our soul power and who we came here to be. But it can be very human, you know, it can look very human. And so don't be disheartened if you're having some of those days or waves where you're thinking, wow, this has really walloped me. That's par for the course. But this is where paying attention to how you are balancing yourself, looking after yourself and being acknowledging of the fact that the energy is moving fast. If you're anything like me, I didn't know to acknowledge energy for at least the first half of my life and then have spent a lot of time figuring out that if I don't acknowledge what's showing up energetically, I'm not showing up. I'm either crumpled, withdrawn, pulled back. And I say all of this with some hesitation because I think there are moments that all of us are experiencing right now in reaction to the shockwaves or the pain or suffering that we're seeing going around the planet, both real pain and suffering and feared pain and suffering. There is a difference between the two and depending on who you are, where you are in the world right now, you can be in either of those camps. But this high energy acceleration, conversely, can put you into feelings of deep presence to your life and being alive right now. 
And the paradox for many sensitives of this time is that you can have empathy and offer support and feel and act to help groups or people who might need your help right now, while at the same time recognizing that you've perhaps never felt more alive than ever before or more present or more here for it, more here for this time. So high energy acceleration is going on across the planet and it's going to carry on through the end of the year. So deep presence, blissful connected moments, and often a euphoric or fast healing energy that might just grab you and sweep you one day and spin you around for a few days. But then when you come out the other side, you'll notice some of your density, your heavier beliefs, your alignment with suffering has changed. And that's really important for now. That doesn't make you dispassionate to the suffering of others, but it will make you more useful than if you're getting caught up in all of it all of the time with and for others. The next theme is releasing our feelings rather than turning them into a story. Easier said than done, right? Because we're human. But releasing our feelings rather than turning them into a story really pertains to recognizing that feelings are feelings and they need to move through us. Otherwise, they get stuck. And when our feelings get stuck, we tend to take them to the mind and play out a story. So, for example, any despair that you are feeling right now about collective issues, things that you're seeing in the world, and collective confusion is despair. So you have to feel it as despair to release it. What we can tend to do, and we do this as a, as a, as a group, all of us do it, and we hand it to each other, we will try and release small pieces of emotion through densely woven stories. So we'll tell each other stories of the terrible thing that has happened to us or that is happening in the world, whereas the fastest way for us to change the story and to be present to the story is if we really feel our despair. So I know that many of you might be like, I don't want to feel any more despair, but that will tend to be that the story that you are running in your mind about what's going on or, more importantly, what's going to happen in the future is holding you in a place of despair, whereas actually this is a time where all of us need to grieve, feel despair, not like what we're seeing, but have that experience for a series of minutes or hours at most, not for weeks at a time, because then we're locked in the story and the emotion cycle. So this brings me to my next point, which is be very open right now to finding new healing modalities. Um, often I think if you are someone who has had a modality that works for you, so a modality could be yoga or breath work or any of the, if you like, spiritual or healing arts that bring you peace, the tendency can be to think, well, it's just not, it's just not doing what it used to do, but I won't go and find anything else. This is a time where all of us are being pushed into the new. It's a very new time on the planet. The energy is very different to how it was even three years ago. And so we are allowing ourselves to come to new modalities. So if you are feeling stuck or like the, the story of despair has become your life, you have to find new healing modalities. You might need to find a really great trauma therapist or a technique that's going to help you to unearth and move some of that emotion out. Because if we don't, we can't tap into these higher energies that are present for now. 
they're coming in because there is essentially an energetic war going on on the planet between what some of you might call light and dark, some might call lower or higher vibrations. So the high is pouring in, but the human collective narrative wants us to focus on the low. And so even if you're someone who perhaps doesn't watch uh, news or those kinds of stories that are out there, and you're feeling like you don't resonate with that, you're talking to other people who do. So the virus of fear spreads very quickly among us and through us. So what it dislodges in your own body is going to be very important. What's happening on the planet right now isn't just a story that we're watching or experiencing. It's also a story that we're healing through. So whatever your personal opinions or beliefs are about what you're seeing going on out there, pay attention to what's going on in here and in here around it, because we're supposed to release a lot of that stuff. We're not supposed to hold on to it or get into defense around it or want to fight someone about it, although you're going to see plenty of that going on because a lot of people aren't feeling what they need to feel. They are instead buried in a story. We've all been there. Even if you're not there right now, I can think of countless times when I've been buried in the story. So it's not about blaming or judging those people or saying, why aren't they waking up more? Especially if you're someone who's annoyed about how unawake the world feels or seems to you right now, very important for you to get back in your power and stop observing what's going on out there and literally be the change you wish to see in the world. One of the downloads I got from my guides uh, in the last couple of weeks was they said that only 30% of the planet need to wake up enough to not even have uh, strong convictions about what they think they're seeing going on, but questioning it, that our questioning is really important right now. And any viewpoint or slant that doesn't allow room for questioning or debate is coming from a very low frequency. And we have to be mindful of that. And even though you'll be seeing it go on around you, you'll see it out there on the stories, on the news, you'll see other people parroting it back to you. You might see people getting into fights about it. You might be getting into a fight with someone about it. Back up and ask yourself, what emotion needs to leave me here? Because we can't go forward and become more of who we are without dropping some of the old emotions that created very fixed stories. And no matter how quantum you are in your beliefs, no matter how advanced you are with your spiritual beliefs, we're all humans and souls on the planet. And right now there is a major human shift going on that is rattling everyone's cage. So we too will be going through that release process. So that's why I say find new healing modalities. Or even for you, it could be as simple as figuring out that you like dancing around the house every morning and you just haven't been doing it enough. But that is shaking your energy off. It doesn't always need to look like a therapist or a fixed way of doing things. But recognize if you're feeling lower more of the time, you're going to need to find a new way to move yourself out of it. And be kind to yourself because that stuff's intense. Uh, a hard day with healing or feeling stuck is a hard day. So just be kind to yourself, but set the intention that you're going to figure out what you need to do to shift your energy. Because we have to work a little bit harder now to shift our energy than we did even two or three years ago. But if we do, the rewards and the energy return is there. So um, let me see, where have we gone? Da 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 da. Perfect. Um, intuitives. 
prediction is changing. And I've said this a couple times over the last few years, but they gave me a very specific example the other day. Um, in the past, you might have had a feeling about the week to come and you might have thought, oh, there's a funny feeling about this week. That might mean X, Y, or Z is going to happen. And what my guide said is compared to how you may have been able to predict those kinds of things before, you might have 30 to 40% accuracy now um, the, at, at the form of the energy. So you're tracking the energy correctly. You're feeling a, an earthquakey energy that's moving across the planet in the week to come maybe. But don't let your mind prescribe what it thinks that is going to look like because it's going to be very different to how it was before. And we are getting these massive energy waves that come in, that come in so fast, they don't have time to take form in the third dimension. That's what I mean by the energy is accelerating. So the old way of tracking energy and knowing how things were going to show up has kind of been thrown in the air, which is part of the disorientation and the confusion that everyone is feeling as well as all of the changes in the grounded world. But this is important to understand because sometimes your fear or anxiety can lead you to tell yourself a story, there's that word again, about what's going to happen. And we know that when we get locked in anxiety or fear of the future, we come away from our true senses, our intuition. Fear will make us back away from our intuition and our senses. It sends us into a spin, which is why this past couple of years have been so tumultuous as well. The temptation into fear has been higher than ever before. So we have to work doubly hard to, even if not in ourselves, be mindful of the fact that it's out there in other people. So really tune in on what you feel to be true, but equally pay attention to what actually happens. I've met many people who are very scared because of things that other people have told them. And there's nothing wrong with listening to someone that you align with. But what I've, I've met with a couple of people is they're not fully aligned with what that person has told them. But because that person told it to them in such a way that it activated their fear, they now can't get it out of their head. So they can no longer be clear on discerning what's true for them. We're all in a very, very multidimensional planet, which means we are all unique. Yes, we're connected, but we are all experiencing things in slightly different ways. And for good reason, that's by design. So this is absolutely not the time for us to give our power away in any way, shape or form. This is a time where we're being asked as human beings, will we hold on to our power and our sovereignty? And that can be attributed to any area right now, including giving our power away to someone like me, for example. So uh, I'm here talking about the energetics, and it's really important that you take the bits you need, take the bits you resonate with, and dismiss those that you don't. And that leads me to my... And that's true for all of us. We have to be doing that with everybody. What feels true to me in my body right now? And it's not about accusing some person of trying to lead you down the wrong path, although we're going to see quite a bit of that at the moment, we're definitely seeing that showing up in society. Um, but it's more about knowing what's true for and in you, because we as human beings have been under a very conditioned spell that is now breaking. And it's breaking in dramatic, painful and shocking ways but it's also breaking in ways that is unleashing a certain level of power 
back into we human beings. And when I say power, I mean soul power, the power of the soul, which is why there's such a battle going on right now, because we're approaching a time when more of that soul power can flood in. So this brings me to one of my final points for today, but a very important one. My guides wanted me to talk about the creational power of our words because we are in a war of words. Words are often the way that we navigate the world, communicate with each other, but it's so interesting, isn't it? I don't know about you guys, but I have been, um, I've been reading some articles lately uh, that, that have cropped up online or have been sent to me, and I really love a clean article. You know, I love an article where it's giving you, the reader, the opportunity to examine some truth, to see what feels true for you. It's bringing you some information. What I don't love is the articles that tell me how to think or how to feel, because as soon as they come toward me, they feel very distorted, and they start to do things to my energy. So we're in a war of words where words are being used to attempt to separate us. And sure, we will see separation. We will see division. That's definitely here. You can't pretend that isn't happening. But equally, we are going to see more and more people start to wake up and shake up to who they are, to what they think is true, and to bring forth a little more of their no and a little more of their power to affect change on the planet in the years to come. But it's, it's a tight period that we're in energetically. It's not, it's not a highly comfortable period. Sometimes it is, but other times it can feel very tight. So low energy directed words are words that are aimed in your direction, designed to direct your focus, your emotions, and your attention in a certain way. I'll give an example. So uh, one way to say, um, let's talk about the Olympics. So let's say um, contestant X lost their race. Okay, there's a fact there. They didn't take the position that they wanted. They lost a race, sure. Uh, I could also say contestant X, who, uh, contestant X who looked exhausted and deflated and has really let their country down didn't win the race. So there you're given two very different ways of telling the story. You're just given some facts that you're allowed to consider. And in the other one, you're asked to think about contestant X in a certain way. There's a manipulation of your emotions in that story. And if you aren't paying attention, you will take that in and start to feel it as truth. That's how the war of words works. So most of you watching this probably are already privy to that. But why it's important to be even more mindful about it right now and to speak your truth when your truth is appropriate is because others around you might not be quite so aware of it. So speaking your truth, by the way, is not necessarily, and in fact, the weakest thing you can do when you speak your truth is speak your truth to try and make the other person agree with you. But speaking your truth can be very helpful if you explain why you see something differently to someone else's opinion. Oh, I really respect that that's how you see it. I see it differently and here is what I have learned or researched that helps me back that up. So I understand that what I'm saying here might not feel very appealing, especially if you're new to this, but the creational power of words is how we show up with our words and how we direct our words in a truthful, authentic, vulnerable way, 
rather than a manipulative, controlling, or black and white way. The latter does not come from multidimensionality, which is where we're going. The former comes from multidimensionality. You're allowed your opinion, and that's cool. And I have mine, and it's a little different, but here's why mine is different, because yours seems really set. So let me just offer to you why I've arrived at a different opinion to you, and, oh, sure, no, we don't need to argue about it, no worries, we don't need to talk about this anymore, cool. Oh, we just don't need to talk about it. Or I might say something that makes the other person go, huh, in much the same way, I have been the benefit, or, uh, the beneficiary of many other people's uh, pieces of information that have opened my mind to things over the years, over the months. So the power of our words as a people has never been more important. And especially while there's a war of words going on, it's very important that you learn to speak your truth in whatever way that looks for you right now. If you're exhausted, ignore my words, just recover. You'll come back from your exhaustion and then you'll know, oh, this is how I want to speak about this. Oh, this is conflicting for them and they want to fight. No, I don't want to fight. I'm clear I'm not fighting. So don't worry, we don't have to speak about this. So it's not about getting into the division energy, but it is perhaps about being part of that 30% that I spoke about earlier, where your words, what you share, what you offer, or even just the love that you offer, Maybe you say nothing, but you can see that someone's really stressed or distressed about the world. And in that moment that you offer them love, whether it's a hug or a few words or a loving look, you see them start to soften because we get so much information from each other. That was the other thing they were saying. We're like radios. So they gave me the example that if you're in a, let's say you're in a restaurant and there are 30% of people in that restaurant who are let's say, awake, the other 70 will feel it. Now, equally, you can go into a restaurant and you can feel it when there's kind of a fractious energy and it's not always the people. Sometimes it's the ley lines underneath the restaurant or what just happened in that area that day. But energy speaks and we are learning how to hear it, see it and discern it at an all new level. That's why I'm giving you this for kind of the next six months or so. This isn't so much a quick headline for the month of September. This is ongoing um, new awareness that's coming in. And the more that spreads, the better we will be for the transformation of the planet, which is what we're in right now, but it's very edgy right now. And, you know, they say to me that they say, don't despair because it's not going to change quickly. They say, you're going to see more things that will come along that will limit the transformation of the planet. Uh, but they say there will be so many supportive moments, supportive moments in you, supportive moments around you. And that's really important to stay tuned in on. So the creational power of your words also relates to use magic words to create, to conjure, and to override the lower vibration directed words that you might be hearing, swallowing or being coated with. I've put a few notes so you can find them underneath the video or in the show notes if you're listening to this on the Impact the World podcast. I'll say that again though. The creational power of words. We can use magic words to create, to conjure, and to override the lower vibration directed words that we might be hearing, swallowing, or being coated with. And I'll give you a quick example. One of the things I started doing many years ago at their suggestion 
was whenever I was hard on myself, whenever I had a sentence in my mind where I was turning on myself or being down on myself or beating myself up or I had a judgmental voice, they suggested I replace it with the opposite. So, for example, the, the sentence might be, I'm not good enough to do that. I'm not good enough to do this. Then, if I heard that sentence in my head, I would replace it with, I am open to allowing myself to do this and to recognize I am perfectly good enough to do this. So I would replace the sentence with a more positive, creational sentence. Many of you may have been doing this in different ways for years, but the creational power of our words is really important to understand right now. So if you're being asked to focus on doom and gloom all the time, and that's all you start seeing or thinking about, you will help create it. If you can also hold space for extraordinary possibilities that can come in and that can change the timeline that we're currently seeing or experiencing for your life and for the collective, things can upshift. So, last thing to say and then we're done. Anger can often be a boundary. Mm, anger is something that we often are afraid of and have been taught to be afraid of. I know some people aren't. I love those people. I love those people who came in wired ah, like this. And especially when they learn to come into their heart and use that anger for consciousness or for conscious acts. But anger is a boundary. So if you're feeling anger in your body right now and it's a bit foreign to you, don't be alarmed about the anger you feel. It's often the first signal that we need to draw a boundary around what's coming at us or what we're feeling. So anger can be a part of healing, sure. And maybe you have a lot of anger you need to get out, that you're now in a position that you can release. But anger is also a boundary. The question to ask yourself is, when does it become a weapon? So an example would be, a friend upsets us. We feel angry about it inside. Do we notice? Ah, that's interesting. There's clearly a boundary issue here with this friend that I need to explore, bring into the relationship, perhaps have a discussion with them about, or do we just come back and kind of resent them and want to, well, I'm going to get revenge on you. So anger is very powerful if we don't take it into the base energy of being a weapon, because then we just get caught in the fight. Anger that fuels what we could call uh, conscious activism is wonderful. You know, it might be anger that takes you into your conscious activism in whatever area of life that you're trying to bring more positive, equal transformation to. So anger as a boundary is going to be showing up and don't be afraid of it, don't be ashamed of it. Um, fire is an element that we have been taught to be afraid of, but that's part of our negative conditioning. Fire is an incredible transformational agent and you know, I'm here in California, so for anyone out there who's going through the fires right now or has been through fires, I, I get it. I have a very human relationship to fire because of where I'm living. But fire as a transformational power is actually a spiritual power. So don't be afraid of the fire that might be coming through you. It might be exactly what you need to get you into the next place of action, decision, or direction for your life. So... There was a lot there today, everyone, and um, I hope you were able to follow it. I might suggest re-watching or re-listening if there were a few more layers in there, then it was easy to unpack because 
part of what I'm transmitting in this message is a very massive download that I've just had from my guides, which I will be bringing into these videos and all of my work in the next few months. Thank you so much for tuning in to this month's energy update. It was Chief Dan George who said, the time will soon be here when my grandchild will long for the cry of a loon, the flash of a salmon, the whisper of spruce needles, or the screech of an eagle. But he will not make friends with any of these creatures. And when his heart aches with longing, he will curse me. Have I done all to keep the air fresh? Have I cared enough about the water? Have I left the eagle to soar in freedom? I've done everything I could to earn my grandchild's fondness. Very true. So a lot of interesting stuff today. Greeks are saying we need to save the planet. The Arcturians are saying we're going to get upgraded so we can be as good as we can. So things are really happening this month. Within Kakite, Namaste, Shalom, Asalam. I have got go with you.
episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.